if you're ownership minded, which that's another core value of ours, then you, you don't make excuses. Like you have to own everything, but that doesn't mean you can't look at facts. Like it's it's a fact that there are three times as many agents as there as there were. An ex, what an excuse is, is when you share a fact as a justification for a result. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time, and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow Up Boss. We use Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. I love Follow Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans and follow-up boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. Follow-up boss, I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, call action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to follow-up boss. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Brivity, Sync. I've looked at Boomtown, like Real Geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown. I've used Line Desk. I've used Conversion. And I think Follow Up also gives you the most integrations mm-hmm. that are simple. And it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform. Yet at the same time, it's still affordable. I do like Follow Up Boss better just because it you can text from the app and things like that. It's just a little more convenient for me. Um, it tracks everything that I need. I can customize it if I want. If I want to go smart list based, that's fine. If I want to go task based, it's fine. I think it's one of the best systems and it's very user friendly. It just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race with Follow Up Boss. Purely objective. Follow Up Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show. Hey, everybody. Stephanie Brackett here with Real Estate Rockstars. And I am on today with Sean Anderson and John Parker. And these guys are actually really dear friends of mine. I've worked with both of them for many, many years. And the one thing they do that's extraordinary that I wanted to make sure that everybody out there in the real estate world knew how to do was track data. And so today we're going to be talking about 
how we track data, and then what we use that data for in order to make really good decisions in our business. So, Sean, you've been in the business since 2008, correct? Uh, seven. Seven. You got licensed right at the wrong time. Yeah, May. May of, so it's 15 years. 15 years. And you lived through that economic downturn. You That was your the first few years in real estate was like the oh, yeah. literally the worst real estate market in the history of the planet. Yep, pretty much. Awesome. Awesome. And John, you come to us from the software world. You are new in the real estate realm. Your background is in software development. Yep. Yep, absolutely. I've been building software for 20 plus years for a couple of different companies from small startups to great big $2 billion in revenue companies. So uh, primarily in the web and data spaces of the software realm. So those are kind of the two worlds that I come from. Perfect. Well, let's first start out and dive into the real estate business. So tell us, Sean, tell us a little bit about the team, Anderson Hicks Group. We're in Eastern Idaho, correct? That's where we, that's where you're located. And Idaho Falls is kind of the hub and then surrounding communities, east side of, southeast side of the state. Okay. And what are units look like, volume, where are we on track to? Um, So rolling 12 months, we're, we're about 730 closings in the last 12 months. And um, revenue, you were wanting revenue and volume, right? Volume, we're sitting at 296 million and revenue is just over 8 million. Perfect. And we've seen a huge increase in purchase price out there. So the revenue oh, yeah. has really picked up over the last couple of years. We went from like, what, a $220,000 $20, average price point to well over 300 now. Over 400. Over 400. Well, there you go. See, I get out of the business for two months and I don't even know the average. It's gone up another 100,000. <laughs> you should probably subscribe to Market Watch. Yeah, I probably should. Perfect. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So, as far as systems go, what systems do you guys love to use in your business and, and where are you gathering data from? What system do you use to gather data? Uh, good question. So, um, systems wise, there's there's a, we use a real estate management system or what do you call it, John? It's the, it's the business management system for real estate. <laughs> sure. Yeah. The internal kind of proprietary real estate management system. Yeah. Yeah. Real estate management system was kind of the, the phrase that you used. And what, honestly, it's a database that I built probably 12 or 13 years ago and it started really small and I'm not a software guy, but took a few, um, you know, business intelligence classes in college and understand Excel and started my tape, you know, the first few houses I sold, of course, every agent pulls up Excel and adds the name and the address and the commission and starts to create this commission projection sheet. Um, and that quickly expanded just because I understood there were better tools out there. And so then built this small database in access. And that's just grown over time. It's grown beyond what I could manage and what our business really well our business grew beyond what it could handle and that's that's kind of when john entered the picture is when we saw that you know when we looked at the data that that tool was providing and realized realized um that we were making decisions every day in our business based on reports that was coming out of that um we realized that maybe there was there was uh something there in terms of a product and then also just what is the next step for making sure that it can keep up with our business because the needs outgrew my my experience and expertise in, on the technical side. So, but you asked kind of where does it get, where do we get the data? You know, of course we have our CRM. We, are we okay to use names here, Steph? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Okay. So we use Brivity 
as our CRM, CRM. And so that's not what our tool is. It's not for nurturing or per, for prospecting or for even client information management. It's mostly performance data for the team and economic data for the team. So I use QuickBooks for financials. We use Brivity for managing the, the prospecting and the nurture and the closing process. You know, we have our lead generation tools on the front end, but then access kind of sits at the hub of all of those and brings in the data so that we can then create dashboards that include all the different components of our business. So Perfect. Perfect. I, John, what would you add and, um, to that? What am I leaving out? Uh, I think the only other piece that we might be leaving out of that equation is the data that we pull out of the MLS, um, which then comes into kind of our market data and gives us that that True. market trend visibility, um, both on, on the leading indicators as well as the historical trending piece. Um, That's right. So we pull all of that together, which really kind of makes makes us that that data powerhouse. Yep. So so thinking back, Sean, back when you started back in 0708, what were some of the first data points you knew? I mean, you mentioned your spreadsheet for like, I need to know how much money I'm going to make. Yep. <laughs> that was kind of the first data point. But what did you realize quickly as you started to track that? What other data you needed in your business in order to make decisions on what to do? That's an awesome question. And it really did. It started with, it started with money first. And it's not, it's not that that's why I got in the business. But of course, if you make the leap from a, I was working at a corporation had a had a salary wage and it was a leadership role and I had benefits and so the you know the conversation that most real estate agents have with themselves and and their spouses is what do we have to do in real estate to at least not go backwards financially how many transactions and so as we, as I made that switch from that consistent pay into real estate then it was okay we have a house under contract in fact it's funny because john and i worked together at the company when i left he was uh did you leave before or after me john i think it was after i was there for another year after you yeah yeah so john was there i left and the very first house i sold was like two doors down from his in in a, in a town called rigby and their names were the ellises and i remember dropping them i bet i could still find that spreadsheet and that was the beginning of the real estate management system that we now have today and so it was it was the money because okay we're projecting this much Great, because at the time it was two sales. Two sales a month is my break even, um, which I later learned. And when it comes to goal setting, don't set your goals at your break even amount because I hit break even for the first six months and realized maybe that's because that's where my goal is. That's the extent of my vision. So then I started expanding that. And of course, then it grew. But um, money's first. And then um, then I started tracking it backwards. And, and as, as you start getting more aggressive in the business and start creating routines around lead generation, and around appointments, I started realizing, okay, um, if I'm going to sell two houses in a month, then I need to be going on X appointments in a month. And if I'm going to go on that many appointments in a month, well, no, even before that, it's I need to sign this many reps. And if I'm going to sign this many reps, then how many appointments do I need to go on? And if I'm going to go on that, uh, that many appointments, how many calls do I need to make? And it's those fundamental um, milestones along the the, the process, the nurture process for a lead. And I started tracking how many of those I was doing in a given amount of time. And then you create those natural ratios between the two. And that's what drives a business. And so that's, and that's really at the core of our performance data today is what is the ratio between contracts and closings? Well, 86% today, what's the market ratio? Well, it's at 82%. So we're outperforming the market. Great. How can we get it from 86 to 89? Because if we do that, what does that do to our revenue? And that's that's just nerdy stuff that I love. That that's 
exactly what we want data for because we can make extremely, extremely good decisions based on the information we have. And, and I know early on, you said, hey, I need to be going on this many appointments a month in order for us to do this much business, which we need to do in order to make a profit of this much. And this is our profit goal. And it was all driven by data. It wasn't driven by, eh, I think I want to sell six houses today, this, this right. month. I think I, six sounds good. Why don't we do six? And many times that's what agents are doing. Six sounds good, but they don't really know why six sounds good. They yeah. can't get that data. Okay. I love that. So what's one piece of advice you would give to agents as they're starting to track their data? Where do they start? That's a good like, is it Excel? Is it, do they buy a program? What, what do they do? If I'm a nerdy brand new real estate agent, I jump off the boat tomorrow and I'm going to sell real estate. What do I, what do I do? Well, it depends on when they're watching this podcast, because one of the reasons that we brought John on is because as we, you know, my partner's Mike Hicks, one of my partners and Chris Bertinoli, Bertinoli is the other partner. And then our, our coach through Keller Williams is John Vandergeist. And, and as as we continue to grow in size, um, we start to we start to get involved in conversations in different parts of the country um, through Keller Williams and outside of Keller Williams. We're a part of the the real estate agents, we, I, uh, the uh, the radio and television experts network. We're a part of that network, and so the more we talk about this, the more people ask us, "Okay, give us what you've got. We want to just use what you're using." And that's the problem when someone like me, who doesn't have a technical background, uses builds a tool to manage this stuff is it's not packageable, it's not sellable. And so you've even, you were asked that quite a bit, Steph, as you've grown your network too. Like, hey, can we, how much would you charge us just to send us your access database so we can use it? And it's not built that way, but it will be. So if someone's watching this six months from now, the question is real sites. Go to realsites.com, right? Yeah. Go to realsites.com and download our tool. And then that's what you use. Right now, it's not quite ready for that. So there are a few other tools that are out there that uh, will be our competitors. So I don't know if we want to throw their names out, but everybody knows they're talking about CTE. And I'm sure you've talked about them, Steph, in your groups. Um, there's a new one out. What's the one out of Utah, John, that we've been looking at a little bit? Uh, Sisu. Sisu. Yeah, those guys are doing some really neat things. Similar concepts. I mean, there's definitely a need in this industry and we'll, we'll be playing, you know, at a very large level in that same space very soon. But... Excel is a great place to start for an hour. You can go online for an hour and learn some basic Excel functions. And if you open up a workbook and, and Google Sheets really is free if you have a Google account. So start a tab at the bottom that has closings and then work your way from left to right. Start one that says contracts, start one that says appointment or reps and then appointments and just start logging those things so you can start to see the number of those things that you're the activities that you're doing. That's what that's what I would do. Okay. And John, you're a data guy, right? That's, yeah. that's your thing. You love data. So people sometimes get super confused on how do I track this information? They don't understand that basically you're tracking a series of dates that things happen in order to derive some data out of that. Can you kind of go into that a little bit on what that would look like as they're trying to actually track these things to get, like Sean said, a conversion metric. I need to go on this many appointments to sell this many houses. Right. So in, in the data world, we would love nothing more than to just have timestamps on every time the conversation happens. I talked to somebody in the grocery store or I got somebody on the phone or I went to visit them or they called back and they canceled the appointment. We would love all of those timestamps. So what I would tell people is if you're going to go start with a spreadsheet, whether it's Google Sheets or whether it's Excel, 
um, just create a row for each each individual that you're going to work with, each potential lead, um, and then start tracking the dates of those critical elements as different columns so that you can, and, and, and humanly, we can kind of visualize that process. Hey, I had a conversation with them. I set an appointment with them. I got a rep signed by them, so on and so forth. And then if I look at the entire data set and I go from top to bottom, I can quickly see how many people have I talked to based on the date. Then I can see how many people, um, you know, I've got a rep signed with, how many people have a contract, how many people closed. And you're just counting the number of fields that are filled in. The reason we love using the dates and the timestamps and things like that is because that takes us to a next level of data analysis that basically gives us the ability to say, how long does it normally take us to go from a, from a phone conversation to, an, a, to a rep? First, we start with tracking. Then we look at conversions. Then we start looking at time duration. Because once we start getting to that level and we can say, we know for a fact that uh, you know, if, if we talk to 20 people today, they are most likely going to sign a rep within 14 days or 13.2 days or whatever it is. And so that's why that's why we really like the the dates and, and we're really stringent about using those dates. But but it really is a matter of measure the timing, measure the critical activities and then count how many are in there. And what's your conversion ratio? If you if you look, um, you know, the other reason the dates are awesome is because it tells you within a time slice, whether it's a month or the last year or the last quarter. And I know real estate kind of tends to cycle on this monthly basis. We're always looking at the month, um, but you could look at any particular cycle. So that's the simplest way, name, and then the critical elements, just log their dates, and then you can get a count and you have the ability to then explore further as you get a little more advanced. That's perfect. And I think that's where most people get, they, they get um, paralyzed by I don't like, did the appointment happen? And they're thinking in terms of yes, no, like right. yes or no, yes or no. Just put the date. If it happened, put the date. If it didn't happen, there's no date. And now we have all this data that we can easily analyze by date. Yeah. So we like to change that conversation from did it happen to when did the appointment happen? When did the rep get signed? And if there's no date, then there was no rep and it didn't get signed. And that's okay. Yeah, you know, and you might want to go even deeper. Like when did the rep get presented? When did the rep get signed? And you start to track each of those type of a thing. It just gives you a lot more visibility so um, so that you can track it and, and dig into it. Sean, you had something you wanted to add? Well, I think it, we learned this early on, Steph, when we, when we would, you know, you'd do a sales huddle in the morning and you'd go around the room. Okay, how did it go yesterday? How many, how many reps or how many conversations? And well, let's say appointments. Well, I went on three appointments yesterday. Great. And, or consultations. And then the next day, they're like, oh, wait, I think I talked to Dave. Was that yesterday? I can't remember if I reported that yesterday. I'll just report that today. So yeah, I did two today. And the next, and so the same individual will get counted three or four. And it's not that they're being dishonest. It's just that sometimes like, well, I sent, I sent the contract out. In fact, we do our, our morning huddle and we, we shout out wins and a lot of people go, you know, I've got, I sent out an offer last night. Great. So we celebrate it like we got a contract. And then the next day it comes back and it's all signed and, and bound up. And then the next, that next morning, like, yeah, we got a contract signed. So in the, in the dynamic of that, it feels like that rep just sold two houses, right? Yes. And they're not trying to present it that way, but we're celebrating the different stages along the contract. And that's what happens if you ask agents, if, and this is more for, for team leaders, because I know you have this conversation, you've got some teams watching this, you've got some individual agents. 
if you're running a team and you're asking your agents to report back in, in numeric fashion, their activities, then you're, you're not getting accurate data. I 100% promise that it's garbage data that you're getting. Don't have them some send like a lot of, a lot of teams will be like, okay, report each morning, how many conversations you had yesterday. Don't report each, just show me the list. I'll tell you how many it was. You give me the list of conversations or <laughs> log it in a system. Don't tell me how many reps you signed yesterday. Just send, send me the reps and the system in our process and our workflow. We extract, John's, John explains this really well. He's like the best data gathering system is when the user doesn't even realize the data has been gathered. They're just going about the normal course of their business. And when they sign a rep, of course, they turn it into the team. Well, the team extracts that information, captures it, and it's in a dashboard somewhere. And that's what real sites will be, will be designed to do. It's just let agents do their thing. And we will extract what's happening and display that to you in a way that helps you make the best decisions you can. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Hey, I have two things that I need to come in and interview myself uh, to tell you about, right? So here is a good advertisement, but this is an advertisement for one of our products, for some of the stuff that we've been telling you about. I know during, in, in March and April, all we could talk about was come to our mastermind, come to our mastermind, come to our mastermind. And in May, we had the most epic event it was live. We had so many people come out, so many great speakers and the interaction, everybody there said, we're coming back next year. They're already waiting to sign up. And I know that our spots for next year is going to sell out six months before our event even happens. But I'm not trying to sell those tickets yet. What we do have is we have the recordings from that mastermind. So we have the recordings available now. So if you go to Rebus University, you go to view courses and you can actually buy the live feed, buy all the recordings from the Real Estate Rockstars Mastermind. So you go to Rebus University, that's where all of our classes are. Go to View Courses and you can find the recordings from our May Mastermind. That's selling for $399. The, we've got two days of content there, so much good stuff. And you know, if you email me, I'd be happy to email you out our PDF booklet that has some of the questions and actionable plans that we talk about during that Mastermind. Second, we have now launched Real Estate Rockstars Coaching. There's so many of you out there listening that learn about real estate from this podcast or other podcasts like it, but you don't have mentors, you don't have coaches, you don't have other people around because maybe it's weird, maybe it's tough to find somebody, maybe it's too expensive, but we think we've solved that. We are ready to put together the best coaching platform out there at a fraction of the cost of what the other coaches are doing. This isn't a giant sell, but we have so many people in this network that wanna help each other that we got to experience in May, that we want to keep that activity going. So if you're, interview, if you're interested in coaching, go to hybendigital.com forward slash coaching. hybendigital.com forward slash coaching. You can get one-on-one -on -one coaching with end up being a couple calls a month, plus texting emails, things like that. It's a $1,200 per month commitment where you get matched up with a coach and it is just one-on-one -on -one and that coach is focused on you. But if you want a better entry level, we also have group coaching. A group coaching is going to be 375 bucks a month where you get on with other people. We'll be doing these Zoom calls, Q&A Zoom calls. You're gonna ask a question. It's gonna get answered by some of our coaches and it's gonna be a really, really good time. And you're probably gonna learn from the other members that are there, there as well. Now with either of those two things, if you sign up for one-on-one -on -one coaching or you sign up for a six month commitment in the group coaching, we'll get you those Real Estate Rockstars recordings from our mastermind, that 399 value for free. So if you just want the recordings, Go to Rebus University, go to courses, find the mastermind, buy those recordings, 399 bucks. You will not be disappointed. Great, great content in there. Sit down for two days, watch it, and take notes. If you're ready for some more interactive coaching, then step up to our group coaching. Uh, get on there with some other people. We'll do, the, we'll do Zoom calls. We'll have coaches much better than me on those Zoom calls as well. 
We'll be helping you with your business, especially in this time of turmoil. And then if you want to graduate even further, you can graduate into that one-on-one coaching where we find the perfect coach for you in our real estate rock stars network. All right, guys, uh, back to our regularly scheduled program. As always, thank you for listening. That was going to be my next point is that I know that's one thing that your team does amazingly well is they build into the system, the data capture points. It's never reliant upon someone saying, oh, by the way, oh, by the way, by the way, it's always, I turned this contract in and someone captured the date the contract was turned in and tied it to an actual person. Like the the record is tied to a person. It's not just a random. So if people are out there trying to collect data and just counting contracts. I got six contracts yesterday. That does no good. Like you said, the data's junk because one person probably got counted two to three times. Oh yeah. So yeah. how did you how did you wrap your mind around when you were building the systems to make sure that you were tying those critical points in and data capture? That's just an evolution. It's like what John said. I mean I I'm sure that when we first started doing it, we were just checking boxes. If you see if you see anyone build a spreadsheet today and they're trying to track activities, they just check box. They'll just put yes, yes, yes. In fact, John and I just right before this meeting, we're working on we're working on an investment that inv- that has has a pool of investors. And in that process, we've got docs going out for signatures, and then um, and then the, is you know did the doc get sent out? Is the doc back? Have the funds been wired? And it's natural just to go yes, no, and I don't even think about it anymore. And we we log dates when that happens. Date went out, and it doesn't really provide a ton of value in that context. But I just don't think any other way. You but think I think in what, terms of dates, always capture. Yeah, and I think it, the most obvious thing is like, well, how many houses did you sell in May of last? You know, May. Well, you have to be able to, you know, you know, and that's I guess back to what John said when you're looking at the spreadsheet and you're counting. We're not actually counting anything. Like you write formulas and you write, you know, you you develop the software to count it, but but you count it based on the dates that were in. So it just became a natural evolution when you want your when you want Excel. I mean, a really basic formula in Excel is count if, like count if the month is June, and then it just returns back in a cell what what happens in there. So you can just build a table out and have another sheet that reports on that summarizes the data for you. That's a terrible answer, but. No, it was a good answer. And what's incredible about data is that it allows you, once you've collected enough, and I know when you know you guys are a merged team, you merged two teams together. And when the teams merged, one team had a ton of data and one team had very little data. And so the tracking, we were all basing the decisions on the tracking for one team for the whole first year until we had cycled. And now we had a second year with the merged team together. And the value in the data now is let's compare year over year data to make really good decisions on what's going on. And that's where it gets, most people won't stick stick to it long enough to track enough data to get them the insights that they need in order to make really good decisions. So you got to keep at it and make it as simple yeah. as possible. And I love that because w- one of our core values is growth. And it's, you know, we, we believe that if you're not, if you're not growing, then you're stagnating, you know, it's not like, like, Actually, stagnation is not even really an option. If you're not growing, then you're digressing. And so we're cha- we're constantly making like comparing ourselves this year to ourselves last year, and that's 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 the best way. I mean, of course, agents are going to be competing against each other in the market, and that becomes fun. But you know, at this at the level that we're at, like it's it's more productive for us to compete against ourselves last year to make sure 
you know, we set our goals based on, okay, we want to beat our, beat ourselves. We want to be, beat AHG 2021 by 20%. And when we build our charts and our graphs and our whatever, it's based on, are we outperforming last year? And so it's kind of interesting. In fact, for three years in a row, we have constantly been kicking last year's version of ourselves. And in the last 30 days, we're starting to lag a little bit. And we're looking at June of last year versus June of this year. And we're off a little bit and it's got everybody in the whole company's attention. So it's not about a different brokerage or a different team or a different company. It's like, there's no way we're going to let AHG 2021 beat us this year. There's no way. And that's a, that's a I don't know, it's a different conversation. I love that. It's a fun way to approach it. Yep. Yep. So John, um, I know you have presented data to a lot of different people or using data and collecting data. You had a great analogy that I heard you use once about the, about the dashboard of your car for data. Can you go into that a little bit and how we extrapolate data? Sure. So um, there's a, there's a presentation I talk about called business intelligence in the real world. And there's examples of it all around us. We, we, we use, you know, even simple things like our watch or now the fancy, you know, Apple watch or whatever it is. But one of the most common is just your car dashboard. There's a whole bunch of gauges in there and there's a whole bunch of information that's radiating at you as the driver. And you have a choice as a driver to do something with the information. And at first glance, um, you know, you take a look at it and the fuel tanks at, you know, a quarter. The, the first question I always ask when I give the presentation is like, do I have enough fuel? And everybody looks around and goes, well, it depends on where you want to go. And that's kind of the point is data will radiate information back to you. It will display it to you. But you have to combine that with what are your goals and what are your targets and what are you trying to achieve? And then you use that data to make those decisions. If I'm about to hit the freeway, I might want to fill up with fuel before I head to Salt Lake. Or if I'm just going to Rigby, I can do that trip 20 times with a quarter tank of gas. And so that's a good example. And then as cars have gotten more advanced, especially nowadays, most, most cars have some form of digital uh, you know, dashboard and information center and things like that. The cars get better. The data gets better. It starts to tell you things. Um, I, have a favorite, I have a favorite YouTube video that shows a mom getting in the car and uh, you know, the, the service engine light comes on. And she's got kids screaming around her and, and uh, she reaches down and puts a, puts a monkey sticker over top of the service light. And that's like her action for the warning that the car's trying to give her. Um, and, and it's really good information because the system is trying to warn you. The system is trying to tell you. And that's the type of data systems you should build in, in your business is you should build data systems that radiate appropriate information back so that you can make the appropriate decisions on where you're going. Sometimes we get a tendency to compare, you know, our data to other teams or to some other sheet that we saw somewhere else. And it's a little bit like Sean was talking about when, when you are looking at your data and you know where you've been and you know where you're going, now it's just about tweaking a few of those gauges, you know, slowing down a little bit or pushing on the pedal or filling up with gas or doing the little things that you need to do and then pay attention to the warning lights that, that kind of blare at you. Use the data that's being given to you. Don't just don't just kind of ignore it and let it wash over you and then find yourself stranded on the side of the road. I love that. I love that. Now, Steph and I, I, I love that. And I love the car analogy. You've got, if you look down there, you've got two big displays or gauges that dominate 70% of the dash. So the car industry, the automotive industry has decided what they think the most important things for us to see are. And of course, if you, if you want to, you can look at some of the peripheral smaller gauges 
And then if you're really curious, you can drive over and have them plug a computer in and give you everything you could possibly want. And ours is kind of like that too. We build a dashboard for the team. The, the team gets reports every single day with a few key metrics, but then this right here is what we call our insights report. And this is like plugging the computer in. We don't show this to the team, but as a leadership team, we meet every week. We all get it every week and we review that. And it allows us to dig in. I'm not going to read. There's there's a 2000, there are 2,000 data points on this one page, and this is 12 pages long. I'm not going to read this every time I get it, but it's always within arm's reach. And if I see something else that says, oh, you got to dig on that, then I, ha I can go start digging and I can look back. Like, for example, 90 days ago, I could have told you that we would be we would be struggling with contracts in June of this year. Like I knew that. I saw it coming. We had leadership conversations about it. Chris saw it coming and we, we knew so we could prepare for it. And we've been doing things to prepare for it to help help see that. And so there were certain lead measures that were off and we saw that early on. And so it allows you just to, obviously we didn't act quite enough because we're still off just a little bit, but we would, would have been off worse and we'll recover. We'll get it back. I'm not worried about it because we know what we need to do based on these reports. And you know, yeah, exactly. You know what you need to do and you know why. You saw it 90 days ago. You're not going today, well, crap, we're down. What do we do? You know exactly what you need to do to go fix it. You're fully aware of what, what the issues are and you can go think we're in the process. Yeah. Right. You have something called a hustle board, which was always a favorite report that is basically, hey, show me what my what my agent's performance looks like over about 14 metrics. And one of my favorite metrics on there was always days since last contract. Like yep. how many days has it been since this agent wrote a contract? And I know that when, when we would have agents leave the team, that was one of the leading indicators. They had just kind of given up on real estate or thought, you know what, this isn't for me. And they quit. They just hadn't left yet. And that was an indicator for us to do it anymore. Is this not your thing? And they're like, no, I'm like, I really, I want to go get a nine to five or it's too much for me and my family. I'm not spending enough time with my family. It's all consuming. So that really, really good data, if you collect it, can help you dive in. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think for agents that are new or even just, a, you know, a solo agent that doesn't have a lot of resources and isn't tracking that, I mean, don't get overwhelmed by this. I mean, we will, we will push out a tool in the near future that will help people do that in the normal flow of their business. But right now, pick a single number. I mean, if I was brand new to this business, I would literally track two things. I would track the number of lead generation or lead follow-up calls I made every day. And I would track the number of contracts I had, and I could create a ratio between those two. And if I did that for 90 days, I could see, okay, 12 calls a day equals one contract a month. Oh, interesting. 24 calls, calls it because, and there are a lot of stages in between, right? I'm skipping a bunch of ratios, but that you can have a ratio between any two metrics in your company. So you're, you're trying to find the relationship between two things. And we know that there's, John Vandergein says, there's not a single problem in any business that lead generation can't solve. And so that's why those would be the two numbers. You need to know what the single lead measure is, which is phone calls in a day. And I'm not talking about random. I'm talking about purposeful, my my butt's in the seat. I've got my CRM in front of me and I'm logging every single call I make. And, and then I know how many contracts I did. And I would figure out that ratio because it's easy to get overwhelmed with all the stages. And then as you start doing that, you start training your mind to value and to, and to capture the data. And you can start adding data points over time. But those, that, if I was looking at my car, those would be the two gauges right in front of me all the time. I love that. I love that. That's perfect. And then when the, when the check engine light goes on, 
crap. Like contracts equal zero check yeah. engine light. Yeah, that, that, that check engine light. Then I go dig in. Okay, am I saying the wrong thing? I'm making enough of the calls. Maybe I'm not saying the right thing or maybe my yeah. script needs to be changed because the market's shifted. Yeah. I, I'm doing the activities and the activities are no longer giving me the result. But without the data, you don't know that. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And, and right. Oh, go ahead, John. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to point out one really cool thing. And this is a concept around data in general um, is that the two data points that Sean just picked, one is what we call a lead measure and one is what we call a lag measure right the lead measure are the activities the things that happen very quickly day in day out and you measure that because i can change it from one day to the next i have 100 percent control if i make zero calls yesterday i know i can make 12 calls today if i made 10 yesterday i can make 14 today so on and so forth and so you can make that change very quickly and then the second is a lag measure which comes from your lead activities and that's a really important concept is, as new agents begin to track data, don't get so hung up on the lag measure. This is what I've normally seen is people are like, I'm only going to track contracts. But contracts take time to develop. And so if you're only looking at contracts, by the time you get the service engine light, you're 60 days, 90 days behind where you should have been making activity changes. Yeah. So if you're going to pick one or two numbers, pick one lead and pick one lag. And then as you develop your business, you start to add on and now you got two leads and you got two lags and you start to get three leads and you, you know, so on and so forth. But um, make sure you're tracking at least one lead measure. And I love what Sean said. How much lead generation am I doing? How many people am I calling? That's the easiest, quickest one to do. And then pick your lag measure, whether it's contracts or reps or whatever else, but make sure you got one of each. Yep. That's perfect. That's perfect. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to go back to 2019. I know it's really long ago. 2019. We, we refer the, to that as pre-COVID. 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 Yep. 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 Pre-COVID. COVID AC AD COVID. AD COVID. Yeah. So of course we'd always been a data tracking team. When I was with you guys, we tracked data all the time. And we were trying to narrow down what one data point, if we could, if we could move the metric on a specific data point to increase our business. What would that data point be? And what we narrowed it down to was appointment to rep. So an, I've gone on an appointment and I got a rep sign. So appointment to rep conversion ratio. Yeah. Why, why was that data point picked? And then what did the initial look like? What did the result look like? And what happened in between to move the metric on that one? Awesome. Good question. This is a good story. <laughs> well, so like I told, I told you that, if we, if a new agent was going to pick two metrics, it would be these out, these outer metrics. But John's right; like there, there are a lot of stages in between. And it's funny because I just told you which two to watch, and the two that you're talking about aren't even included in that. Those are both inside that range because you have a dial that leads to a conversation, which leads to an appointment set, which leads to an appointment taken, and then that's where that that's when you say appointment to rep. That's the first part of that equation is appointments taken. And then if you're working from the outside in, if you've got closing and that's, that's led to by a contract, which is led to by a rep. And so we've got that. We, when we narrow, we wanted to narrow in as a team, we realized we were, we were getting a ton of leads. We were having thousands of conversations because we have an ISA department cranking on the phones and we have agents doing lead gen we were creating a lot of opportunities and going on a lot of appointments, but we were only converting one third of those people as we signed, as we signed that 
you know, as we go on the appointment, only one it was even less than that. It was a time it dropped the time that the check engine light came on and it should have come on much sooner, but it was, it dropped below 30 and it got in the twenties and we thought it got close to one out of four. And we thought, what would it look like? I remember doing the math and thinking, okay, if we didn't change anything in our business, except we signed two out of four instead of one out of four, what does that do to the revenue? And what does that do to the profit of the company? And it's no more appointments. It's no more calls, no more appointments, which that's where a lot of the work is. You don't have to do any more CMAs. You don't have to do any more consultations. Um, what is it? Ha- what, what if we raise that from one out of four to two out of four? And that has this domino effect all the way into the profit. And it was mind blowing what it did without really adding a lot more work to the company. And so we thought we believe heavily in the one thing, whether you're KW or not, the one thing should be a quick reference book on everybody's desk. Because if you go chase 2000 data points, you're not going to catch any of them. And so that was the one we picked. And we just, I mean, we focused heavily on it. John Bannergeist was involved in that conversation every day. We would talk about it every day. We'd report on it and we would see where each, each individual agent was at and where the team was at. And we got that up to 60% and just changed, changed the whole business completely. And it took six months to get there, but you're right, Steph, at that point, it's a, it's a skill thing. Like, why aren't we converting the people that we're going on? Well, we haven't mastered what we're saying or, or are we setting appointments that we shouldn't be going on in the first place? So it was a whole team thing. ISA started saying, well, what's our part of that ratio? Well, the higher quality of the appointments we set, the more likely the agent's going to convert it. And then the agent was thinking, okay, what's my part? Well, if I show up and I'm prepared for that appointment and I'm professional and I'm on time and I know my scripts and I'm a real estate expert and I've got the market watch, then if anybody's going to get that business, it's going to be me. And so, and it was kind of interesting because there's a dent, if you're, if you're on a team where there's agents and ISAs, there's this natural tension between the two and there's a natural tendency for them to look at the other side of the fence and say, Hey, Man, I'll get I'll get my rep to sixty percent. You send me on qualified stuff, and I'll get my rep to six, my my A two R to sixty percent. And then on the other side, it's like, man, I'm setting appointments for you. If you could convert them, I'd have my rep at at you know my rep at A two R. So that's a culture thing, of course, and you have to kind of switch that conversation. Like, what if you were the only? What if it was a hundred percent on you? What would you do to in, in, increase that? And so anyway, that was a long answer, but that's just one example of attacking a specific number. And, and quite honestly, it's, it's lagging again. It's starting to drop a little bit again. We've changed some ISAs. We've got a few, few newer agents on board. And now we're starting to talk again. Okay, do we need to go attack that number again and set everything else aside? And that's, that's where we're headed. And the cool thing is, is that you actually tracked it, not only for the team, but by individual agent. And so yeah. you could say, hey, we've got Mike Hicks over here at like a 95% appointment to rep. 95% of the time, Mike's going to get that rep signed. And then we've got maybe a newer agent that comes on the team and they start out at 25 and we might get them up to 30. And it's really easy to say, okay, we need training, 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 training for this agent. We need script practice. They need to do this. They need to do that. We need them talking with the ISAs, following up follow-up's huge after an appointment, because if you go on an appointment and you don't get it signed on site, are they doing their follow-up? And again, tracked through data. How do you find out? Are they following up? Maybe talk about that a little bit. How do you make sure you hold them accountable for when they don't sign on site? How do you make, what data do you capture to follow up with that? So we have what's called a pipeline summary and we have a, a VA 
And once a week for every agent, she'll go do a pipeline review. And it basically says, okay, how many people are assigned to you in Brivity? And we have real clear business rules on everyone that's assigned to you. Stephanie should have, they're either active or not active or past client. Um, and active, every single active prospect needs to have an A, B, C, or a someday maybe tag. And there's rules around each of those tags. If an A, I expect to see two notes every week, two attempts by every agent every week on every A tag. And so the VA can run queries in, in uh, Brivity and see, okay, I'm going to look at Aaron's A's and then I can make sure every single one of them is, is that all of them, like, like what they track is, okay, if there's 22 A's, there are one, there's only one with missing interaction, which means they've gone outside that three or four day range without contact. And there's a business rule that says every single A, B, C, or D has to have a next action logged in the system. So it's an open task for a future date because if they don't, they've slipped through the cracks. And so every agent every week gets a pipeline summary report that tells us as leaders and that agent um, are they staying on top of their business? Are they managing their book of business and following up with their with their people? And so as we see that lag, then we can pull them out of rotation for a while while they get their head above water, get their feet back on the ground, get ahead of their business, and then and then we can start putting leads back in their in their on their calendar. And and a pipeline audit is something everybody should have in their system. If they don't have a way to do it, generally it's because they're they have not clearly defined their business rules. And so they have no way to compare what's actually happening to what's the expectation is. Yeah. So what I hear what, you saying is business rules first, then pipeline audit second. A hundred percent. And what's so funny is that agents on the team sometimes think that it's like, it's like this managerial oversight. Well, I'm the owner of the company. So I'm, I'm like, micromanaging your database to make sure you're doing your thing. What's really ironic is the pipeline summary was built when I was working all by myself and it was my own pipeline audit on my own crap. And so I've always had that standard of like, because I realized like when you're grinding and going a thousand miles an hour, trying to stay, keep everything in the air, like sometimes you fall behind in lead gen or you want to make sure a lead doesn't slip through the cracks. So once a week I started every Friday morning, I started doing my own pipeline audit and just looking, okay, do all of my people have labels? And if so, do they have a next action captured? And if so, do they have the most recent next action? Is it inside the time frame? So I was like holding myself to that standard. And then it was so it was really easy to roll out to the team, but they forget that these are like, so I guess my point is, is this is this applies to all agents, whether you're on a team or not. Like run your own business as as you've got two hats on. Number one, you are the worker in your business, and number two, you're also the manager. And then, and make sure you step out of one for just enough time every week to be able to fulfill the other, to keep the one accountable to the other. That, those agents that have that mindset, they can't lose in any market. And, and the funny thing about that pipeline audit is, to me, it's like plugging the car into the, the system that tells us what's wrong. So if I'm looking at a report that says, hey, you know, Joe Blow's A2R is 22%, he's really low. I'm going to go plug it in and say, okay, what's the problem? I'm going to look at his pipeline first. Well, he's not following up with anybody he's ever been on an appointment with. He's not doing any of his tasks. That's the plug-in. And with that data, that's where you get really actionable. So you can sit that guy down and say, hey, what's going on? Like, do you not believe in lead follow-up? Do you not have time for lead follow-up? Do you need leverage? What's the issue? How can I help you solve the issue 
that's now popping up because I plugged in my little data thing in my car and my check engine light was on. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is why he's not converting. Yeah. So super important to track all the data so you have those data points. So uh, what, what's A2R today? Do you care to share? Um, yeah, I do care. Okay. <laughs> let, me ask, let me ask you a question. It just dropped below 40%. So we're now like all hands on deck. This has to get fixed. And so it's, it's, we're starting to look at it. Okay. Because think about it as a business owner. If I have two agents, agent A and agent B, and I can give agent A 10 appointments and I'm going to get back seven reps, which would lead to about five or six contracts. And I can give agent B 10 appointments and I can get back three reps. I've invested the same amount of money and got a dramatically different return from each agent. So that's where we're at right now is like, I mean, this sounds kind of like kind of jerkish, but it's like agent B convince me why I need, I, I should be putting any more appointments on your calendar until like, would you, if you were in my shoes paying a thousand dollars a lead right now, put any appointments on your calendar? No, probably not. But that's, I mean, we don't, we're not that harsh because we realize that in order to, for that person to grow, they've got to have appointments, but they might be different appointments. They might need to set some of their own appointments. There's different plans in place, but, but yeah, it's all, all eyes on that right now. And what do you attribute the market shifting to that number as the market's starting to shift a little bit? We all know, I mean, how hard did you have to work back in 2007 and 2008 to nail down the same number of deals that you had to do in 2022? Yeah, it's it's a different game right now for sure because I mean it, one of the th- one of the metrics that Market Watch, which is another product that we have, I'll make a plug for that, but it actually tells you every year over the past ten years what's the average number of transactions available in the market per agent, and so in it, it that was like two around 07 because for from 03 to 07 the market was amazing, which attracts which attracts agents to what's a good metaphor without swearing. Like flies to like bees, flies bees to honey. Let's bees try bees to honey. honey. That's the one. It attracts agents like bees to honey. So the agent count expands much higher than the transaction count. And pretty soon the average number of transactions available per agent. And, and of course, we don't we don't work with average on this team and we're not average. So we don't look at that number, but it still just gives you a general summary. And then as the market started um, straining agents heavily that got up to seven or eight on average per agent um, in probably 12, not 12, 12 or 13, which Gary Keller always talks about. That's the best time to get rich in real estate is just on the heels of a crash because it takes a couple of years for the flies to start to flock. I mean, the bees to start to flock towards the honey. And so when the transactions shoot up, but the agents aren't there yet, that's when you make a lot of money. Well, my point is back then there were 400 agents in this county. Right now there are 1,300. And the sales haven't changed proportionally. So it is, if you don't look at that, and I, I, I love this conversation because if you're ownership minded, which that's another core value of ours, then you, you don't make excuses. Like you have to own everything, but that doesn't mean you can't look at facts. Like it's, it's a fact that there are three times as many agents as there, as there were. An ex, what an excuse is, is when you share a fact as a justification for a result rather than share a fact as an attempt to understand what needs to be done to fix it. And that's a different, it's, it, it's the same thing. And so like, if my kid comes home late and he tells me, you know what, They're, the tra- the traffic was really bad today. Is that an excuse is it, or is it a fact? Well, it depends on what he says next. 
If he just stops right there and looks at me like, so I'm off the hook, that's an excuse. But if he says, so I actually, I mean, I blew it because I knew I, I, knew I should have left with more time and I just didn't because I pushed it and I didn't want to leave. They were watching a movie. And so I waited till the last minute and I didn't give myself room for there to be an issue with traffic. Now I know he understands. And so same thing with today with A2R, like you asked that, we can't blame the market. There's 1300 agents, but, but every one of my agents has the skills and the tools to go out and get back up to 60% A2R. They just have to work harder to do it. So the question is, are they, are they willing to? Yep. And it is, it's going to be a harder market as this shifts. So um, before we wrap up, I do want to give you guys a chance to talk about this market data, market watch that you have and showing pulse that you have that you're going to be releasing, which to me are one of the most incredible tools you can use to help shift the general population's mindset about the real estate market. Because if we know, I mean, Sean, you remember back in 2014, 2015, we're talking to buyers and they're like, what do you mean I'm going to have to pay like 90% of list price? I thought I could get it for half price. We're like, dude, that was 2011. Like that's over. It takes a long time for their mindset, mindset to shift. And so you guys have this incredible tool, which you've had for, oh gosh, we've had it for, I don't know, 10, 15 years. It's been a long time, a lot of data that allows you up to the minute market data that really says, hey, this is what's actually going on in the market today. This is what the reality of the situation is. So talk a little bit about that. John, you can pipe in too on- Yeah, John, I'll let you go because I've been talking a lot. Not, I do need to correct, not quite up to the minute, but it's pretty close. Up so to John, the week. John, I'll let you tell. And there's, like you said, Steph, there are three products that we're talking about. Showing Pulse, which is on the market, Market Watch, which is on the market. And, and, and it's available in some markets and we can get it to others if we have enough demand there. We will eventually get it to all- and then the real sites product, which is right now kind of in in design and scope phase, but not quite ready to release. But but John, I'll let you kind of answer the question. Yep. Hey guys, this is Aaron Muchistegi for another quick commercial break. But this is something a lot of you guys have been asking about. When we had our mastermind in May, we had a lot of people ask us about coaching, about how can we continue this process. Because so many of the people, so many of you guys out there listening to the podcast, you don't have resources where you are. You don't have other people nearby that can be mentors for you, that you can bounce ideas off of. And this business can be really, really lonely if you're not doing it with other people. So we have just now launched a great program for you. And it's just Hyben Digital Coaching. It's, it's Real Estate Rockstars Coaching. And here's what we do. We've got a, we've got a spot you can go to. You go to realestateradio.fm forward slash coaching. We have individual one-on-one -on -one coaching where if you sign up, we match you up with a coach and we figure out like who's going to be the best coach for you for a couple calls a month. It's not that much money. It's I think it's going to be 950 bucks, a couple calls a month with a coach that's been where you're going and they're going to try to help you. And then we also have group coaching for a lot less where you can sign up and you can get in group coaching with groups of 10 and we can do calls every couple weeks uh, with different people that'll guide you through that process. So if you've been getting a lot from this mastermind, but you think you would get a little bit more for some one-on-one -on -one coaching from somebody who is has been exceeding in real estate, go to realestateradio.fm forward slash coaching. realestateradio.fm forward slash coaching and sign up. We can't wait to find somebody to help you. Yeah, so uh, let me touch on MarketWatch real fast. And MarketWatch, Sean's referenced it a few different times. It really is this reporting platform that pulls in 
all the data. You guys all know that you can probably go to your MLS and you can you can run 100,000 searches and try to figure out what the data looks like. And what MarketWatch does is that is we, we kind of go through and do that for you. We pull down all the data. We organize it into a booklet of data that we release once a month. Um, and then with the shifting market stuff, it, this actually happened, you know, after you were not with us anymore. But with the shifting market, we've started to publish parts of that every week because the data is moving so fast. And so we, we shift that and, and it's organized and it's designed in such a way that it's for you as an agent, A, to understand, but also for you as an agent to present, right? It's your job as an agent to be an expert in the field and an expert in your market. And this product allows you to sit down with a, with a buyer or with a seller and walk them through and show them this is what the market was in 2007 or in 2011. This is what the market's been for the last two years during during the COVID years, to use your to use your terminology, and this is what the market looks like right now. And by the way, last week it looked like this, and this week it looks like this. So we're starting; we can see the shift, and it's not quite up to minute, but it's pretty near time um, shifting in the market as we go. We brand this product, and it's like I said, it's a booklet. There's there's a couple of different versions that have about you know a dozen to thirty different reports that you can get. Um, and we brand them with your logo so that it's your logo, your brokerage, you're very professional um, so that you can go and sit down with anybody and, and use it in your marketing and use it in your in your presentation. Sean says all the time, every agent should take a market watch on every, every uh, appointment because um, when you sit down and you're going to explain the market to somebody, it goes a lot better if you actually have the data sitting there in front of you in a readable, organized format than you just kind of pulling it out of thin air going, well, it was about three last month and now it's 17, you know? So it's, it's way better if you can have that data. It, it um, was hot last month and now it's a little bit less hot. It's a little bit colder, you know? Yeah. And, and, and well, you saw the news article or you saw that, you know, and, and too many agents tend to just kind of rely on that or worse feed off of whatever, whatever the, the point, the, the, the client already has in their opinion. The client, every client comes to an appointment with some form of bias. Either they heard something from a neighbor, from a family member, they read a news article, whatever, whether that's good or bad, they come with some sort of a bias. And rather than feed off of their bias, you want to be aware of it, but then you want to put data in front of them and be the expert and walk them through that. So anyway, that's that's one product. That's our market watch product. I wanted to add to that too, really quick, just because I was in a a Zoom class about a week and a half ago, and it was Cody Gibson, who's very well known in the Keller Williams world, and he has expansion teams all over the country. And his his um, presentation was on the seven secrets to surviving a shift. And the first secret was um, the reality of what the shift means and the context of it. And that market watch is how you come to the reality of what it means. This is what it means to us, and we can have the conversation that. Days on market is going to expand. Weeks worth of supply is going to expand. And we actually have the data. You have the data that you can just say, look, this is what happened. Last year at this time, there were, you know, or January at this time, we had 36 homes on the market in Bonneville County. Last week, we had 312. Like it's 10 times as many homes and it's data. So you can come in with the context of what the shift looks like, the reality of the shift. Yeah. And it's data and it's the story behind the data. If you ever get an opportunity to sit down and talk with Mike Hicks, which we're lucky enough to do, he's one of the greatest story tellers in the world. And one of the reasons he is, is because he can interpret the data 
and and tell the story of what the data means. And I've watched him do it time and time again. And, and, and what he does is he pulls the data from the market watch and he goes through and just explains what this means and what it means to them. And now all of a sudden they have this personalized story that means something to them that's founded on appropriate data. And it's and and that's a skill, that's a skill that you should develop over time. Yeah, for sure. And what's cool, John said it too, is like the reason why I always tell people you got to bring it to every appointment is not that there are over a thousand data points in that book on 30 pages. I would be an idiot if I expected every consumer to sit through a presentation on all 30 pages. So when I go to those appointments, of course, you want to read people and you can tell if you're with an engineer, you might approach it differently than if you're with an artist or whatever that might be. But um, it's having that book and setting it on the desk, opening it up and picking. It almost doesn't matter what two data points you pick. You pick two data points. You tell a story like John said, and their their conscious is listening to you and trying to follow what you're saying. Their subconscious is going, holy crap, that's a lot of stuff in there. This person must know what they're doing. Maybe I'll just not even worry about understanding what he's telling me and just hire him and let him just walk me through this process because he because he knows it. So it's a little bit of a prop in, in that sense and just showing up. It's like a doctor walks in your office and if he doesn't have a stethoscope, you're like, well, I know that they don't use those anymore, but I kind of need you to have that for me to think you know what you're doing. That's the, that's the market. Well, they probably still do use, they probably still still use stethoscopes, but you get, you get my point. Like it's a, that needs to be an icon and part of your brand as an agent, as you walk into every single appointment. That's a great 100%. analogy. Love it. hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay. And then we've got showing pulse, John, that one's on the market right now. Yeah. Yeah, Showing Pulse is a product we've had now for, I think, seven seven years. We're going on our eighth year of Showing Pulse, and it really is used primarily within the, within the market here. But uh, it's, an, it's uh, especially in a shifting market, it is an early, early indicator of a shifting market because Showing Pulse manages and tracks automated showing feedback. So somebody goes and opens your home you know, with the Bluetooth lockbox, that will send a notification to Showing Pulse. And then Showing Pulse will begin to follow up automatically and request feedback from the buyer's agent. And then based on the feedback, we'll send it to you as a listing agent. We'll send it to your sellers um, and you can track it. It's got a couple of other really cool features to be able to follow up on no responses and things like that. But one of the coolest things about Showing Pulse is, is the individual dashboard you get for every listing. So you log into Showing Pulse, you open up the listing and you can quickly see, hey, your home's been on the market for three weeks, which is, you know, 27 days, you know, three weeks plus a few, um, you've had, you've had, you know, 15 showings and that's an average of this many showings per week. Um, and you know, that we show a little graph, like right when it went on the market, there was a lot of showings and then the showings have kind of tapered off and then give you the data, the actual feedback. People say, I love your house. I love the colors. I don't really like this. I don't like this. It gives you this kind of general conversation. And especially right now in a shifting market, I've heard Sean say this even, even in the last week, if you're an agent in, in this market, your sellers are a lot more anxious about what's going on. And you should be logging into Showing Pulse on a regular basis to give them the appropriate updates and the appropriate insights. Because as a seller, they're making one of the biggest financial transaction decisions of their life. And they want data to back that decision as well. Not just not just a random person. They want the data and the systems to be able to tell them this is how your listing is performing. And so that's what Showing Pulse does is it automates and gathers the feedback and then provides those 
data insights on that feedback and on your showings. And, and it really just helps you keep a pulse on your showings. Which, which in the past you know, year and a half didn't matter because you put a house on the market and two days later it was sold. They didn't really care what the feedback was. If someone didn't leave feedback, they're like, I guess they didn't like it. I don't care. I've got 12 offers. Right. The feedback was you got an offer kind of yeah, a thing. But, exactly. but now as the market shifts, that feedback has become, it's like gold for, for sellers. They need that. Perfect. All right. Well, how um, you guys will send me links. We'll get links up in the uh, Real Estate Rockstars website so that they can yeah. inquire about these products that are coming out. Any other last words of wisdom for data? If you could give anybody one piece of advice on data, Sean, I'll let you go first. And then John, I want yours. What, what's your first piece of advice in regards to data and real estate? Well, I think it's it's the it's the unsexy part of real estate. I think I think of a quote I heard Oprah Winfrey say that everybody she said she's like everybody wants to be me because they think I've got this glorious life and I walk around all day every day with celebrities and and I just have everything amazing. And she said that's like two percent of my life. The other ninety percent is routine and mundane and monotonous and grinding and sweaty and hard. And that's the part that people don't see. And that's honestly, that's with real estate. Tra- tracking data is not very sexy. It's not very fun. And, and a lot of people aren't wired like genetically to want to do it, but that's not an excuse to not do it. If you, if you really want to, to run a solid real estate business, whether it's you or a team, you've got you've to have information that helps you guide the ship. And, and so just stop making excuses. Stop telling yourself you're not a data person. Just you know, keep it basic, but track it regardless of the cost track the data. John, what's your piece of advice? I'll just build on top of that. I think the biggest piece of advice I have is, is to use the data. Sometimes we get in this tendency to track the data or we'll track, you know, a good example, we, we me and my family went through this uh, phase where we were all tracking steps, right? And we were like, oh, how many steps, how many steps, how many steps? But then it didn't really change any behavior. It was just informational. It was kind of gee whiz. Oh, hey, you got 20, you got 12, you got whatever. And, and, and the biggest piece of advice I can give on data is to use the data to make some sort of a change, some sort of a shift. Because if you didn't need to shift, if you didn't need to grow, if you didn't need to change, then having the data is just informational. It's just gee whiz. It doesn't really do you a whole lot of good. But we know in this market, we know as you as an agent want to grow and as you want to get bigger and you want to become, become more, you need to use the data to actually make the shift. So it's 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 track for sure, but then use it. Don't just track it and then let it wash over you like, oh, that was interesting. Track it and then use it to make some sort of a change uh, in your life. And you can test different changes to see which one works better. That's the beautiful thing about it. You test it, you see what the results are. You test it, you see what the results are. Use the data. And you don't have to have all of it. Just, just use one or two pieces of data. You're a real Correct. estate agent and a scientist. Yep, absolutely. All right. You guys are incredible. Thank you so much for joining me today. We loved having you and we will get this up on online and everybody will be able to hear it. And I I imagine that you'll have a lot of questions about what data, how to track all that, all that great information. So appreciate you guys time today a ton. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Thanks, It's great being with you. Thanks you guys. See ya. Yeah. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, 
I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients, and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there, too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.